Hello and welcome to Season 8, Episode 2 of the Cartridge Club's Game of the Month podcast, where we bring together members of the Cartridge Club community to discuss our community playthrough. If you're new to the club or are interested in participating in future months for games like Banjo-Kazooie, Life is Strange, and Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap, join our community Discord, our forums at cartridgeclub.org, or follow us on Twitter at cartridgeclubna. We love to see the hashtag cartridgeclub used when you talk about one of the games we've selected. I'm Church, and on behalf of our rotating pool of hosts, Josh, the Q-Dogs, Ryan, and Musty Hobbit, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. Additionally, on behalf of the entire Cartridge Club community, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to our Patreon Club backers. Joel Boyce, Kevin from Buried on Mars, Base Guy, Dean Lasagna from Round 2 Gaming, and Caleb J. Ross. Thank you. For October, it only makes sense to choose a horror-themed game as our game of the month, and this year we've chosen the PlayStation Classic, Parasite Eve. Joining me to talk about Parasite Eve is Dean of Round 2 Gaming. Hey guys, glad to be here. The Disposed Hero. Hey guys, glad to be here. And Bohan Girl 84 Hey guys, glad to be here. And I am glad you're all here, and let's get to it then. Parasite Eve is self-described as the cinematic RPG on the back of its case. It was originally released in 1998 and was developed and published by Squaresoft. The game is a sequel to the novel Parasite Eve and is written by Hideki Sena. So, what is your experience with Parasite Eve? Have you played it before? What system did you play it on this time? Pretty long and frustrating history with the game um to be honest <laughs> but uh I'm, I'm glad we're finally talking about it um if i think back to to when the cartridge club started in in september 2013 i was petitioning for october to be parasite eve and so here we are mm. seven years later finally getting around to it so I'm, I'm happy to talk about it i guess first and foremost but i played it in uh in 1998 like right when it came out i would have been uh 11 years old and i remember uh I was sleeping over at a friend's house. Uh, I got over to his house. His mom let me in, said the, my friend was downstairs. So went into his room. He was there with his friends and his brother. And they handed me the controller. And they said, Dean, we, we can't get past this part. Help us. And so, you know, me, 11 years old, I can do anything, right? So I, I took the controller. I'm sure they showed me how to how to play. And uh, the part that they had me play was, was the tanker escape, the, the final scene of the game. And I just remember running through the door and seeing sort of that flashing light on the wall and picking up the phone. And that's really the, the end of that story. I mean, I, I didn't get far. And I remember his friend got <laughs> so mad. He took the CD out of the, the PS1 and he threw it against the wall. Yeah, oh. he, I, I'm thinking, well, if anybody ever did that to my Not games. It. But that, that was my first experience with, with Parasite Eve. It's just that, that fail and uh, everybody just getting upset. But it worked out because the next day my dad came to uh, pick me up from his house and they didn't want anything to do with the game. So they let me borrow it. Not the memory card, but the game itself. And I was able to start over with my own file. And, and I actually got to the Liberty Island fight where you fight Eve. But at the time, I just couldn't. I couldn't beat it myself. I was either too young or just too inexperienced. But it was maybe a year later, I picked it up again. I was able to finally beat Eve, beat the, the final boss and escape the tanker. And, and that cutscene where Aya sort of jumps off the ledge into the water, uh, the game just froze. It just 
went black, the CD couldn't play that FMV. And I don't know if it was Buddy throwing it against the wall or if it was just wear and tear from, from time, but I tried it again this month. I still have that CD and it, it doesn't play past that cutscene. So I was so angry that I was able to finish the game but not see the ending. And then fast forward a little bit, a few years, I was at my friend Kyle's house playing on his file and we were pulling an all-nighter. And he had fallen asleep maybe around day four. I was I was still playing. And not a word of a lie, I remember beating the game and I woke up at the post-credits window. Like, I don't know what happened in between sort of the final scene and, and the credits and the ending, but I had fallen asleep. So, like, I didn't see the ending of this game until, like, into my late teens. But I, I think, like, all of that crazy stuff that had happened really helped shape my love for, for the game because... You know, you can approach it a few different ways. You you know, it's not all about grinding. You can, um, there's a lot of strategy in, in how you manage your inventory or what weapons you use or how you've built up your stats. So I'm sure we'll get into that, but replaying it so many times and not seeing that ending really helped cement it in sort of my, my roster's favorite PS1 experiences. So this wasn't my first time playing, but I, I did play that old physical copy. I have two now. I have a second disc two. So I was able to beat the game using my uh, my PS3. Perfect. Well, much like you, I also played the game Parasite Eve first in 1998. At the time, I guess that would have been the year for survival of survival horror for me. Uh, I was obsessed with a certain other uh, series that is very famous for being survival horror. And then <laughs> I got introduced to this game uh, from my cousin. My cousin kind of brought it over. He came over one day and he said, hey, Bohan, check this out. Check this game out. And I said, what's this? And I remember uh, being so struck by the visuals, the really sort of grotesque, disturbing scenes. I was I was a young teen at the time. I would say about 13 or 14 at the time. And it, the visuals were very striking. I really loved the music. I know we'll get into that in a moment, but it really just kind of stole my attention away from Resident Evil at the time, which was quite a feat, especially at the time. And I remember I just played the game, barely managed to get through it because I didn't really sort of dig into kind of the weapon customization mechanics, that sort of thing, until I got older. And I, so I played it on the PlayStation back when it came out. I actually still have that same, that same set of discs from back in 1998 it does have they do have wear and tear but they still work largely so i'm very fortunate um so as recently as just a few days ago i was playing it got stuck on the final boss unfortunately uh because i sort of didn't optimize the weapon that i was using uh on the last day but all in all i just had a great time just sort of retreading retreading my steps going through those days um listening to the music, just really getting into the story. So it was really fun to kind of, uh, you know, feel that nostalgia again and really kind of dig more deeply into the game mechanics. So I'm, I'm very happy to be ta- talking about this right now. Fantastic. And did you replay the, play it on the PlayStation 1? So uh, more recently, I've been playing those discs on my PlayStation 3. Perfect. Interesting. Uh, how about you, Dispose Hero? Yeah, so I also played the game back in 1998. Um, I'm pretty sure I was in the sixth grade, if I remember right. And uh, I I don't think I owned the game for a while. I'm pretty sure I rented it. I must have saw it in some gaming magazine and um, just 
you know, I, I had been a fan of RPGs, specifically Squaresoft RPGs for years before that. And so that immediately caught my attention. And I, I'm really big into survival horror now. I don't remember if I was back then. Uh, so I don't know if that that aspect of it really grabbed me. But uh, yeah, I mean, just like everybody else said, I mean, it just, it's a very captivating game just immediately. And I got really into it. And I actually didn't finish it way back then. I... Uh, I got to a certain point in the game. It was actually the um, the end of I think it's day four. The hospital, um, the rooftop battle um, before the planes crash. I can never figure out where to go. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anybody yet. else ever had that problem, but uh, I, I always wanted to go to that. Uh, like I think there's some stairs and a door to the top of the screen. I always I was so convinced that that's where you're supposed to go, and I don't know how many times I tried it. I got a game over every time. I I guess I just quit playing the game or had to go back to the rental store or whatever, but uh, it wasn't for a few years. I think I was in high school, maybe early college, but um, it took that long before I finally uh, came back to it and, and finished the game. And uh, I played through it a couple of times over the years. It's been several years, I think, since the last time I played it, so I was really glad to revisit it again this time. And, uh, and actually, uh, I was going to play um, on uh, the PS1 copy on my PS2, but actually uh emulated it this time um because uh really just because a friend of mine has uh he's kind of curated this whole uh suite of emulators and you know front-end interfaces it's just a really nice setup so it's kind of cool to uh play some games through that but uh yeah this was a really good experience revisiting this game awesome and uh, it sounds just like uh you folks uh i also originally played it uh when it was first released I don't know if I got it on release day, but it was, if not on release day, it was really close. Um, I was pretty much anything Squaresoft. Then I was all over it. Um, and I had beaten it back then. I wasn't able to beat the Chrysler building. Didn't really, I didn't have a strategy guide back then. Like I thought strategy guides were were cheating and I, I frowned upon all my friends that used to pick up RPGs and the strategy guides and I was like come on guys just play through the games I, I've since dropped that attitude especially when it comes to RPGs uh, so I didn't know kind of like some of the the ins and outs of the the upgrade system so I kind of stumbled my way through the game was able to finish it and I haven't played it since I've always really thought highly of the game but just you know it's one of those things I just Never had the chance to get back to it. And I was like, this is, again, one of those perfect opportunities to me to revisit a game. Um, and I was going to re play it, uh, my original discs on the PlayStation 3. And maybe uh, some of you have seen this too, or maybe it's just me. But my when I started playing it on the PlayStation 3, it seemed incredibly dark. Um, like especially the, the very beginning when you first, uh, are at the, um, the opera and you go up on stage for me, like the stage was completely black. Like there was like no definition of the floor or anything. So I was like, wait, something seems wrong about this. So for curiosity's sake, I fired up an emulator and it was like completely different, like almost night and day, um, darkness difference where I could actually see everything on emulation uh did any uh d and bohan uh did you also have any of these darkness issues with the playstation 3 version or playing it on the playstation 3 
Yeah, I had a similar experience with that too. There would be some times where, for instance, from my memory, I would I would remember that there would be like a box, an item box that I uh, recall being in a certain location, and I remember having a tough time actually seeing them and i literally just had to like mash the x button to try to sort of find it that (laughs) way (laughs) so uh but i did have that issue um i did have a similar issue when i when i played the game on the ps3 the other day definitely i usually keep my my tv on on game mode which is generally darker but i had to put it on vivid to get the maximum brightness which almost whited out every time you you walk into a battle um but it's it's the only brightness that would work because you (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you got to see these things, right? So, yeah, and I, I, I thought about hooking up like the PlayStation Two or the PlayStation One to see if it was just like the PlayStation Three emulation issue, but I can be really lazy about hooking up other systems sometimes, so I didn't confirm like if it was exact if it looked the same on the PlayStation Two or the PlayStation One. Um, but I, I, I know when I've played other games on the PlayStation Three, PlayStation One games on the PlayStation Three, they looked. I thought they looked fine. They didn't seem darker. Um, so I don't know if it's a Parasite Eve thing or maybe that's just the game in general. I don't remember it being that dark, but emulating it, and I'm, I'm sure disposed, uh, you can probably vouch for this too, looked just fine in emulation. Yeah, I didn't have any problems with it. The only peculiarity I, I noticed was um, in the... I think there was just one specific enemy, one attack they did. I think it was the pterodactyls in the museum. They... Um, use some sort of projectile attack and it just looked kind of glitchy to me. Maybe it looks like that in the original game. I don't remember, but uh, I think that was the only uh, issue I had with emulating it. Interesting. Cool. Cool. All right. So um, I guess that brings us to the question of what is Parasite Eve? It's a weird one, man. It it sort of straddles (laughs) a couple different genres, right? Like it, it definitely has a feel of, like late 90s Squaresoft, um, almost like a Final Fantasy feel, but I don't know. Would I categorize it as a survival horror? Maybe more horror than survival, but like you're, you're certainly not lacking armaments. You, you have a whole lot of guns and a lot of ammo. Um, yes. I guess there's, there's inventory management that you have to worry about, but even to that extent, you're not playing Tetris in your pockets like, like some of the Resident Evil games. So it's hard, right? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people kind of want to say survival horror JRPG, and uh, for that discussion, I, I, I pulled, I just pulled a wiki, the the wiki description of what a survival horror game is, and wiki says that survival horror refers to a subgenre of action adventure video games that include horror game elements. The player character is vulnerable and underarmed which puts an emphasis on puzzle solving and evasion rather than the player taking an offensive strategy. And that description's almost opposite of Parasite Eve in the, like the underarmed, like, I mean, especially by the end of the first playthrough, like, you know, I had like plus, you know, 75 to, to damage and 40 round magazine on my shotgun, like not so much underarmed there. And, no puzzle solving, uh, really, in this game. Yeah, I is definitely like a one-woman army by the end of everything, so <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Definitely. Yeah, definitely more horror uh, than the survival. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's a pretty pretty unique take on the JRPG. 
Um, but I, I think for some of the more um, finer systems or the battle mechanics and stuff, we'll get to the shortly here. But I wanted to talk about... Uh, so this month on the uh, Cartridge Club NA Twitter account, uh, there was some polls for uh, community members to partake in. And we'll have a couple polls that I'll share the results with throughout this episode. And we will talk about the first one here. Fans have been clamoring for more Parasite Eve for years. How do you think Square Enix should revisit revisit the franchise? Uh, and the question or the answers were remake, reboot, sequel, or leave it alone. And we had 73 votes and remake overwhelmingly won that poll at 65.8%. Uh, then sequel at 13.7%. Reboot at 11% and leave it alone at 9.6. So I think that's a pretty, pretty interesting response, especially, uh, I think video games and movies can sometimes be different when it comes to people's desire for remakes, where a lot of times in movies, people are like, no, do not, whatever you do, don't remake a movie. But it seems like, especially over the last few years with some of these like high quality remakes, really get the inkling that a lot of people are a little bit more, they, they, they see the benefit um, besides not just graphical enhancements, but uh, mechanical enhancements. Yeah. I think if you were to run this poll, you know, two, three years ago, the results would be a little different, but I think after the success of final fantasy seven remake or the resident evil two remake, um, I mean, they're, they're generally praised pretty highly. Um, and with, Parasite Eve having so many similarities at the time with Final Fantasy VII. I think I can a lot clear, more clearly now, see how they can reuse some of those elements that they used for the Final Fantasy VII remake in a proposed Parasite Eve one. And following the the hashtag a little closely on, on Twitter this month, there's a lot of people that are just clamoring for this. Like on a daily basis, there's dozens if not hundreds of people asking for a Parasite Eve remake. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Square hears them. They're, they're tagged in all the, the posts. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. For sure, for sure. Uh, so, let's... Uh, so, with Parasite Eve, uh, we already mentioned uh, Aya. And, of course, she's our lead character, I think it'd be a good idea to kind of talk about the characters, the story, what is, what's going on in Parasite Eve, uh, who are the main players, uh, what can people kind of expect uh, for the story. So, what do you think, Disposed? Um, yeah, it's it's a weird one. Uh, it's a. Uh, it kind of starts off with um, Aya uh, going to the opera and. Uh, everybody suddenly bursting into flames and has to do with uh mitochondria and um I, i'm not sure if eve has the best understanding of biology um because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh i don't think that's quite how it works but um yeah i've always just thought this game had such a unique and interesting story and uh it's yeah i just can't really think of anything quite like this yeah definitely a, a unique outlier in regards to the story uh, very very few games uh, there's other games that will focus on like genetics you know viruses but never uh, 
the actual like cells of the body uh revolting her whatever is going on in in, in the story yeah i think this was this playthrough was the first time i actually sat down with like a pen and paper and was physically taking notes on questions i had because up until this point this playthrough i still didn't really understand what was going on i think you sort of zone out a little bit after you hear mitochondria like the the, the hundredth time you're just like oh god like I, i just don't understand what's going on but you know you start writing down questions like you know why is i immune or like why what's so special about melissa's body or what was the ultimate being supposed to do and so as you're playing through you're starting to realize that little bits of dialogue that seem fairly throwaway are, are pretty important. And after reading the book, there's, I mean, there's a pretty intricate story here that I think is often overlooked because of the science behind it, but it was super fun to just take notes throughout the whole game and, and piece together a pretty cohesive story. It was good. Yeah. And kind of onto that, I, I kind of thought it was so interesting that, you know, this game was made and there's a lot of terminology in it. You know, we could we could talk about whether some of it is used prop uh, you know, technically correctly or not, but um a lot of terminology, a lot of references, like for instance they reference Richard Richard Dawkins at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I always found it to be so interesting how very sort of even though it's essentially science fiction when you think about the story, how very sort of technically heavy in a way uh the game is with the dialogue a lot of mention of of course mitochondria but of course they do mention mutation and how uh, you know the the mechanism behind you know regulated cell death apoptosis that sort of thing uh, so i i remember being struck by that being so heavily emphasized um in a lot of the dialogue that i thought it was it was pretty interesting pretty pretty gutsy move to kind of have a lot of that in the in the in the dialogue throughout the game yeah absolutely and i i again like late mid to late 90s squaresoft was so bold with their choices like they're i I don't i don't see parasite eve being a game that would get made today there's so much risk involved uh the, the the story itself um Considering back when the game was released, uh, even the setting was, especially for RPGs, pretty unique. Considering uh, uh, all the uh, the counterparts, usually they're fantasy based or you know future sci-fi. Uh, very few games were actually like modern settings, um, and blending it all together so well. It's just it's part of the reason why I love Square Enix or Square Soft. As much as I do, especially on the PlayStation One. Yeah, I think they had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, credit to play with after the success of Final Fantasy VII, because right after it, we saw Urgeis, we saw Einhander, we saw all of these just weird, bizarre type of games coming out of SquareSoft that that we've never seen Square do before. So they were definitely testing the waters to see what stuck in in North America, and and I think you're totally right. Nowadays, where Square is. Still making AAA games, but you know not to the same accolade that they were in the late '90s. Um, you know, I, I I don't think they have the same uh, you know risk thresholds that they did back then. Mm. So, but yeah, I, I love the story of this game. It's it's so good. 
Uh, so maybe we should touch on some of the characters. So we, we did mention Aya. So, so who is Aya? What's her deal? What's going on here? I just want to say, I love Aya. I love that she is, she has this, I feel like she's a relatively well-rounded character, just in the sense that she is tough. Like she sprung into action immediately day one when, Uh, everyone was bursting into flames you know she's trying to you know she has to process everything that's going on and then meanwhile she's also you know a detective she's also an nypd uh, detective and she has to you know she just sort of springs into action to try to save as many people as she can um she i love when she even shoves her date out of there when he's just like frozen in panic um so she has this i like i like the balance in her between her toughness you know, I guess it's her training, her NYPD training. Plus, there's also a vulnerability. Like, like she's not one note. She's not, I'm just tough. No, she is also, there's a vulnerability because she also has to deal with, as you progress, you know, her trying to figure out how, why is it that she, um, she can sort of rebel or, or resist Eve's, um, you know, Eve's power. So it's, it's also her just sort of struggling with, you know, why me? You know, why am I the only one who has that ability to resist Eve? It Does this mean I'm a monster? You know, that sort of thing. So I really thought the game did well, a good job of kind of balancing Aya as this tough person who can hold her own, as well as kind of vulnerable and just, you know, sort of confused at times what's going on. I don't know why this is why this is happening, that sort of thing. So I really like I, I really like her as a character. Very. She's very interesting to me. That she hasn't appeared anywhere else, yeah. In, aside from her own franchise, like with how uh. prominently PlayStation in general has has brought back legacy characters for things like their All Stars or just in in cameos in other games, I has has sort of been trapped inside the Parasite Eve universe, and I'm sure there's licensing behind that in in general. But she's just such a great character. I'm. I'm I'd really like to see her come back in, in something, if not a remake. Uh, so how about our, our main antagonist, uh, Eve or Melissa? Maybe, I don't know if Maya fits in there. That might be spoilerish, but um, disposed. Uh, what? Who's Eve and what's going on with her? Well, I guess I'll start with, uh, I'll just say Melissa is the... Um the actress that performs at the opera and you find out later that she gets uh, uh, a kidney transplant from Aya's sister Maya, which is sort of where um, the, the, where Eve sort of came from. She's been sort of, uh, um, I don't even sure how to describe it, sort of living inside of Melissa all this time, but it's uh, at, on Christmas Eve at this uh, opera that Eve sort of, comes out and uh she she like like you said the main antagonist and she uh has she uh, not even sure how to explain what all happens but she uh <laughs> she just has these powers she can uh, mutate all these uh animals people around her burst into flames it all has to do with the uh, mitochondria and uh, uh mitochondria is rebelling against uh humanity as supposedly it's been evolving at a uh, faster rate than humans have and it's uh trying to uh dominate humanity as the you know dominant species or something and it gets pretty bizarre <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah eva uh, she 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 gets uh she does these pretty grotesque um 
transformations. Um, she's trying to give birth to the ultimate being because apparently uh, Melissa's body is sort of temporary. It will die off. So she has to give birth to a new being. And uh, that's sort of her, her goal here. Speaking of the ultimate being, um, that the, the whole story arc or getting there, I thought was pretty interesting and, again, kind of daring story-wise, where how many games do they talk about uh, uh, fertility clinics and <laughs> artificial insemination and are actually stealing samples and using samples? Like, that's... There's so much, so many unique qualities about this game, like front to back, through and through. So good. So. It, it's funny you mentioned that because I had a I had a funny experience with that. Um, playing this game on and off for, gosh, over 20 years now. Uh, you know, I'm kind of used to sort of the basic elements of the story, but I was actually live streaming it the other day and I forgot that some people just never played this game so there was somebody in my channel who when i was playing it was really struck by oh gosh they're talking about sperm oh gosh they're talking about impregnation i'm like oh oh yeah 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 they do in this game so i it's just amazing to me i agree with that that's definitely that's i in my experience i haven't really encountered those kinds of things as elements of a plot in many games so definitely agree that this game really stands out in that regard as well I uh, I always found found it semi comical. Uh, there's one scene uh, in the game where you're actually trying to uh, catch up with Eve, and you're going up this elevator, and it's easily missed if if you're not like me and you don't walk around just constantly like clicking uh, uh like search or trying to interact with with the environment. But there's actually an empty uh, uh vial on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Game on, then. Yes. <laughs> and then we had some other pretty important supporting characters uh, that are throughout the game. Um, Aya's partner, Daniel. And there's also um, the scientist from Japan, Maida, which, Dean, if you've read the book, is Maida, is he from the book? I, I don't remember him from the, the book, to be honest. he uh, He has a pretty striking re resemblance to the author though um hideaki sena if you look at pictures of maeda's design and, and a picture of sena i mean it's it's based off him but but i think between daniel and, and maeda i think they're great like sort of a comic duo who have very it's a huge dichotomy between their personalities but again just with with the layering i think Daniel, it would have been easy just to make him sort of a, a mentor or a boss to Aya, but then they gave him the additional layers of, you know, having the relationship with his son, Ben, or the divorce from his wife, or, you know, having to step in for, for Baker and take over the precinct. Like, there was a lot of notes within those six days that I think really fleshed out his character, even though you didn't get to see him a whole lot. And then Maeda, I remember laughing like hysterically at him as a kid and then this time around um i didn't laugh quite so much but i really took note of what he was saying and he's he references the events of the book like constantly throughout the game and that that's something that i was really taken aback with because prior to reading it it, it just the dialogue sort of lost on me but um i think you know the game has such a finite number of characters 
which is kind of weird for, you know, set in New York City where you'd think you know, there'd be people everywhere, but it, there really isn't a lot of NPCs around. And I think because of that, they were able to flesh out a lot of these characters in, in a way that made them all more endearing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then lastly, we have uh, Dr. Clamp, who is somehow involved in all of this. And, you know, 20-year-old game, so there's going to be some spoilers here. We already kind of touched on some. But essentially, uh, years prior, there was an accident, um, and uh, Aya's sister had passed, and uh, she was essentially kind of like, Harvested, or uh, she was a donor, or organ donor. Uh, her kidney went to Melissa. Eyes went to, or I was it just one eye or both eyes. I think it was just one eye. Cornea. Went to Aya, cornea. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Not the whole eye. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I forgot exactly how that connected to original Eve from Japan. Or there's there's an element there too. It's sort of ambiguous because the timelines with the book and Japan don't really line up at all, right? So uh, Mariko, who's Maya's mother in the game, was also quote unquote one of the main characters in in the book. But the book takes place in, in modern times, and if Aya Bray is is uh, you know 25 in 1997. That would mean that, you know, Mariko had a kid at like 12 years old or something, something ridiculous before the events of the book anyway. So it just, it doesn't work. So either either they retcon the timeline or, um, yeah, the, nobody really knows what, what happened, but, um, yeah, Maya was, was sort of the first, um, vessel for Eve, I think in, in this game. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was that surgery that uh, passed on those um, that mitochondria or whatever to Aya and Melissa and basically took over Melissa. She became Eve. Aya, as we learn, ends up um, her um, cells, instead of succumbing, defend. And that's how she's able to withstand um the the melting and the fire but clamp uh was he he did this and he's was participating in research and he's like aware of what's going on and the creation of the ultimate being and a little bit I, I was a little confused by or not not confused but it wasn't entirely clear on his role in So, um, so my understanding is that so 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 Eve couldn't grow within Maya because her cells would just rebel against it, just like Aya's did. So Eve knew she had to get out of into another body. So by by taking control of Mariko, they went to the hospital. They signed the organ donor report, which is why you know Aya reads the paper and she's like, "Oh, I didn't know my mom was an organ donor. Or signed up for that. That's weird. It's it was under the influence of Eve, but." knowing that she would have to go into Melissa's body. Uh, Melissa would have to take the immunosuppressants to, so her body didn't you know, reject the new organ. So with all those immunosuppressants that she's taking, um, the body's defenses are lowered and 
Eve's able to culminate there for, you know, 20 years or, or whatever the timeline is. But you hear in the game that Melissa continuously goes to that American history, natural history museum and, and visits Klump. And that's because she needs a sperm sample without the immunity gene that would come from the father. So nothing can, can combat the, the mitochondria growth that, that would make the ultimate being. So that's, that's essentially what Klump's role is, is to create a sperm specimen that, that doesn't have the immunosuppressant gene or the, the immunity gene that would, that would fight off the mitochondria. And I don't know if it's his, like if he's using his own or if he's like stealing some from the hospital and then doing some splicing from there. But that's, that's my understanding of his role. Yeah, my my personal headcanon, uh, I yeah, I don't think it's either confirmed or denied. Is that I I always thought it was Klomp's sperm him itself that he used, uh, but that's just like my personal headcanon. I have no proof either way, so I, that that'll be interesting if they ever confirm or deny that. In, in this kind of story, uh, that that tends to kind of be the thing. Is is, is there's always that that guy, the the rogue bad guy scientist that is enabling the evil force. So I, I, I think that's definitely a, a, a fair assumption or a possibility that, that he it was his sample. Hojo, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, okay. So is there much else to say about the story? Me being from New York, uh, I have a special place in my heart for the setting, of course. And I, like many people in the poll, um, also want a remake of the game. And I hope that if they do a remake of the game, because one of the things that I found is that, and we'll get into the gameplay, I guess, a bit, is just that I wanted more. I felt that the game was rather, sh- um, I I think that was the first RPG I'd ever played. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it was short, rather short for an RPG. Um, so if they, if Square ever, you know, makes the decision to remake the game, I would love for them to, uh, you know, make it longer, give us more content. And one of the things that I would love just being a New Yorker is maybe having more representation of the outer boroughs, but that's just, that's just my preference. So we'll see how that goes. The game definitely is like, we're in New York. It has a lot of the, the sites, but it doesn't really explore much or, you know, it's all very superficial. Um, so yeah, I, I I would definitely love to see more of that, or, or even just. I understand there's a lot of limitations, ninety eight and whatnot, but yeah, they could do they could do so much, so much with this game. I guess then uh, jumping into the battle system. Um, so that is uh, another one of the more unique elements of this game. A lot of uh, RPGs, JRPGs, up until that point, tended to be turn-based. There were action RPGs and whatnot, but um, for me, when I played this, this was the, the first game that kind of got rid of that random encounter, uh, like the Final Fantasies or the Dragon Quests, and did something a little bit different. Um, so, so what are all your thoughts on the gameplay, the, the battle system? So let's start with the battle system itself. Um, so like I mentioned, it's not random encounters, but they're triggered. Like every time you cross a certain point, 
on uh, the screen. You'll get into the counter. Uh, and how does how does that work? Is it you know Final Fantasy? We had our you know attack, magic, item, run. How do, how does Parasite Eve do this? Uh, dispose. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so you're able to move around on the battle area in real time, um, which lets you try to uh, avoid enemy attacks. Um, then you have an ATB meter that charges; it continuously fills, and every time it completely fills, you uh, you you have a uh, a few different actions you can choose from. You can just use a normal attack. Um, you can use your parasite energy, which is essentially magic. Um, you can use items. Um, I I don't think there was a flee or run command in this game um, that I'm aware of, but uh, I think you could. I think you could. You yep. could. Yeah, it, I believe it, so. It, huh. it backs you. Uh, it basically pushes you back, so you can't like run away and skip the encounter. And it, it won't. It'll right. put like okay. it'll push you back, and then like when you cross that spot again, you'll have to do the encounter. So you can't actually skip encounters with okay. fleeing. Okay, that's interesting. I've never, I guess, I've never tried that. I, I thought it, I thought it just wasn't there. <laughs> I think I did it on accident, and that's how I figured it out. I was like, oh, it is in here. Yeah, I think a lot of people use that um, escape ability to when they're specifically going to, and, and I guess we'll talk about this more, but to uh, farm the junk in the game to try to to try to make a, a weapon. But um, there's like specific battles that that people recommend that you can farm a lot of junk, that sort of thing. So you can steal the junk using one... I think one of the clubs allows you to steal items from an enemy. So you steal the junk and then you can you can back out of the fight so that way you can just keep triggering the fight. I believe is something that a lot of... A, a lot of, like, m- much more pro players than I, uh, than I am uh, recommend in terms of if you really want to go for the 300 junk uh, farming... Yeah, that's quite the feat, and that that actually makes a lot of sense. It seems like that's a really good way to go about it. Um, so I, I guess, well, we can use that to segue to... Uh, so the battle system, of course, you need weapons. Parasite Eve is modern, so it's, it's all about the guns. Guns and body armor. And again, kind of a... Sort of unique in regards of... RPGs, you tend to have different weapons. You go to the next town, you get a new gun, so on and so forth. Where this, you do have a variety of guns that you find throughout the game, but really, kind of the focus is upgrading the guns and passing on stats and abilities. Um, so how does how does that work? Can some somebody want to kind of explain the gun system and the upgrade system? Sure. So so every gun that you get throughout the game and you find them in in chests and and sometimes drops from from bosses they have three core stats they have attack they have range and they have the 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 number of bullets before a reload and some uh, automatic weapons for example uh, might have a higher attack but lower range or um, fewer bullets for for things like shotguns but they also have slots for you to attribute effects to whether that's like elemental effects, like uh, blast explosion or or frost or tranquilizer darts. Um, and so by using tools that you find throughout the game, they're just called tools, you can move stats from one weapon to another. But as sort of a, a risk or a byproduct of that, you lose the original weapon that you're modifying 
So if you find a shotgun with a, a blast effect, you can put that onto your machine gun, but you'll lose the shotgun. You'll never be able to equip it again. And so it's all about playing around with which weapons you have and which weapons have, have the higher stats or base stats that you want to attribute your your perks to and uh, and playing around with it like that. And there's actually a lot of different combinations that you can use. Uh, and I found myself not understanding any of this uh, the first couple times I played the game uh, because I, I don't remember getting into any of that stat stuff as a kid. This time around, um, I felt like I... I felt like it was pretty easy once you got the hang of it. Um, but I did end up messing up one time where there was a weapon with uh, a seven times attack or seven bullets. And so I equipped that or I, I moved it from one weapon to the other thinking I would just do seven times the damage. But all it does is it splits the total damage into seven bullets. So I don't know what the value is of, of that, but I had to use a super tool to get it off my weapon. So I was I was yep. a little upset with that one, but I did the exact same thing. Yeah, w- 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but it, but it is really cool because by the end of the game, um, I think the difficulty ramps up quite a bit, and you really have to take note of, you know, what what effects are going to work best against the upcoming bosses. What do I really need here? What sort of range do I need? How often am I reloading? What's my raw attack power? And how do I how do I build a weapon that's going to be best suited for this fight so then with that i I guess i'm curious to if if any of you had like a particular type of gun you stuck with uh did you try different different guns all the time did you kind of uh pick one and and stick with it for a long period of time uh the the tool system does limit you to, to some extent where you have to make you have to make some tough choices and uh, you get to a point where if you find another gun, uh, it can be tricky because if you want to move your stats over and you have a tool, you're going to lose that gun. If you have extra adds to it, like uh, as Dean said, like uh, the trank rounds or um, uh, there's one that gives you a uh, two or two commands or three commands that you can do until you get like super tools Um but for me personally, uh, my first playthrough through the main game, uh, the initial playthrough, uh, pretty much once I got the shotgun, that's why I stuck with like the the entire rest of the game. Is I stuck with the shotgun. Um, I'm I tend to like shotguns in games. I don't know what it is. Uh, they tend to be slower, and I, I know you can move the 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 spread or the burst to other guns. But I just I stuck with that shotgun almost. The entire time, and even up through my second playthrough in the Chrysler building, up until almost the end of the Chrysler building when I got um, uh, basically the best assault rifle in the game, or the the best rifle in the game, is the first time that I finally used something other than a shotgun in like 15 hours of, of gameplay. Uh, how about you dispose? Uh, you stick with any certain guns? Like, what was your what was your preference? Yeah, I tend to just find something I like and stick with it. Um, so I think the first rifle I got, I start using that. Um, and then I think I eventually upgraded to it's like the M16 or whatever, uh, the whatever the best rifle is you find in the game. Uh, I just like the, um, I think it's a good uh, uh, mix of damage and uh, range. Um, 
But yeah, I would uh, take the um, the burst effect from the shotgun and the uh, two commands uh, from whatever weapon you get that from, and just uh, yeah, I just I could just pretty much stand all the way across um, the, the the battle area um, and just uh, with the burst, I would hit multiple enemies. I mean, I, I would take out four or five enemies at a time just <laughs> with uh, but you know, it's just uh. I feel like you can make some pretty almost game-breaking combinations here with, with the right uh, with the right abilities and everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about you, Bohan? Yeah, so I I was playing an EX game uh, most recently, and I carried over. I forget which assault rifle it was, and I liked it because I had already put some abilities on it. Um, but definitely, I'm still I'm still you know experimenting with. Um, what other weapons I can find throughout the game. Like, I definitely want to explore the sewers a bit more because uh, there seem to be a lot of very valuable items in there, but I was a bit intimidated by the fact that it seemed like such a labyrinth. But uh, I know I know that there is a shotgun in there that has a burst ability, so I definitely am looking forward to uh, revisiting the sewers again, maybe in the next playthrough, just to get that shotgun, get the burst, and just see how it impacts you know how it really impacts the weapon that I'm using uh, because I've I've seen that it, it does seem like quite literally a game changer especially for instance when you're playing against uh you know Eve as the final boss on day 5 where you can hit multiple targets at once I feel mm-hmm. like if I had that I wouldn't have burned through my revives the way that I did but uh but yeah uh so I have a I have an assault rifle but I'm definitely looking forward to just kind of adding more abilities to it and and improving their the numerical stats so interested to keep playing the game some more. Nice. How about you Dean? Uh I I sort of stayed on the M16A1 that you get from from Wayne I think on on day 2. Um what I really liked is that I find generally in RPGs I I just stockpile items and and never end up using them. And what's nice about this one is that you can use your attack up and defense up and range up on weapons and eventually move them over to better weapons, assuming you have tools. So uh, I did like that fact. Uh, but I was one of the guys who was, was sitting in Central Park just farming junk for you know, hours. <laughs> uh, and I eventually got the P90, which is... Oh, nice. Uh, um, nice. Like, like, like disposal, like you said, it's, it's just a, a game-breaking weapon. I think its base attack is like 140 or something. Yeah. Nice. I wow. I didn't have the patience to to grind for that, which I I could have made it a lot easier with the emulator because you can actually um like the emulator I was using has an FPS limit and you can turn off the FPS limit and the game will actually run like four times as fast. Nice. <laughs> Where it would really speed up the farming, but from what I was reading, um. And uh, Bohan started to talk about this, is that uh, one of the items in the game is junk. And unless unless you know, it, it really is just junk. There's a guy that wants to collect it for some reason, but doesn't say anything about that. And yeah, if you collect 300 junk, you could turn it in to get the, an option at one of the best weapons in the game. And so how, how long did it take you to, to grind for that? I want to say about three three hours total so so i use like bohan you were talking about it i use the uh steel exploit so what i did was i I found there's a a random encounter that you can get with a monkey and two birds in in the zoo area of central park and what you do is you just equip your your club club two which has the the steel effect 
and you just club the birds to death and then escape the battle. And it'll put you right at the start, so it'll keep the uh, encounter rate at 100%. And then you just walk right back into that battle, steal two more junk, walk right back in. You know, you just keep repeating it. So you don't have to beat the battle and run away two, three screens and then run back and hope for the encounter rate to be back to normal. So, um, yeah, stealing is a lot faster than than killing and, and you know, doing it the, the old-fashioned way. So that's how I was able to get the 300. And it was only on my second playthrough that I actually sat through and, and did that. Uh, pro tip for anybody listening. That's, that's how you do it. <laughs> um, is the P90, is that a... Is that a machine gun? It's a machine gun. I think it, it shoots 10 bullets. Yeah. Okay. And I really wanted to use machine guns. I like I like the fast rate of fire, but I I was noticing that I was doing less damage because it spreads out. Because um, if you have a gun that has two shots versus a gun that has seven shots, they actually do the same amount of damage. It's just, as Dean said, it splits it up. But I was finding for some reason, like, I would just burn through my ammo like way faster like i actually ran out of ammo when i was using the uh, machine gun versus all the other guns never had any problems actually would run out of ammo so that's why i stopped using machine guns okay um so uh let's see what else we got the parasite uh the parasite uh powers or parasite energy uh essentially magic system as uh disposed said uh, so how about those? What do we got going on with the the parasite energy powers? It's liberate all day, man. I love that attack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So essentially, like your ATB bar, you you have a parasite energy that that is used and then slowly restores throughout the battle. And as you use more parasite energy, it restores uh, more and more slowly. So if you're in a longer battle, uh, like a boss battle. Um, by the time you've used, you know, three or four heals, the, the refresh rate is, is really, really slow. So it, it sort of incentivizes you to plan when you're going to use it. Um, now there's a, a pro tip around that by switching out your armor, you can reset that, that timer and it'll refresh at, at the normal rate again, uh, which is what I found I was doing a lot during the, the final few battles because, uh, liberate uses, uh, all of it. It's it's sort of the ultimate attack that you get at level thirty three or something, and and that just deals like fifteen hundred damage or or something along those lines. So I found I was using that and then switching out my armor, refreshing, using it again, and I wasn't really bothering with energy shot or um, detox because I I would have a like a poison um, immunity on my my armor. So just really heal and liberate was was all I used throughout the game. Yeah, same here. I I didn't really use much. Um, there's like the charge shot, which is pretty good, and that uses like what remaining energy you have. I think. I think. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it was just um, just healing, pretty much up until boss fights. Uh, when I and then when I had liberate, uh, I would do that, and that's just such cool cool ability yeah i found myself in the same boat there were there were actually parasite energies that i just i don't recall even using at all like i don't remember using slow i guess that slows the enemies down i've i never used that i think at all um i did find myself i i think there is one boss 
it's an optional boss. You don't have to fight it. In the warehouse on day five, um, the crab, this giant crab, I found that definitely using haste, that PE ability is, is essential um, because he has he has some really pretty devastating attacks and um, you can really help yourself out and dodge a lot of it, uh, but you definitely have to have haste up. So I found that to be particularly useful in that in that boss fight and other boss fights as well. As well. Yeah, I, I did use haste quite a bit. Uh, it's it's a great ability, but they really they only give you like a few rounds, like a few um, bar charges or whatever you want, ATB bar. Uh, like you you fire off like three shots or use like a few different abilities, and it goes away like pretty quick. But yeah. it is pretty nice because it increases your run speed, charge speeds a little faster. Yeah, yeah so it definitely has some trade offs. Any other thoughts on the battle system? general gameplay guns anything else to add before we move on i remember uh going back to the junk farming and um i just remember finding a social this this didn't happen to me personally but i heard uh kind of horror stories about how you you have a number of options that you can select from when you when you collect the 300 pieces of junk and you go to Wayne and then he can make a weapon for you and you can choose among different options. And one of them, one of the options I recall is leave it to him, leave it to Wayne. And I remember hearing that you have to be very careful with that because he could wind up giving you back a super junk or a duper junk, something like this. And those items are completely worthless. So basically, you would have spent a few hours farming junk just to get a completely useless item if you if you uh, choose that option. So I found I found that kind of I found that very trollish, but um, I just found it interesting that that could happen. Yeah, that that's that's a uh, that's vicious. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things. You make sure you save before you yes. do so. But if if you don't know any better, it's like oh man that. That would be, like, soul-crushing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, well, let's uh, check out uh, another one of the polls that uh, we had on Twitter at Cartridge Club NA. And the poll was, it's a zombie apocalypse, but Jill and Claire are busy. Who are you calling to save you? And for this poll, the options were Ayabrea, uh, Regina from Dino Crisis, and Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. I'd be curious if, if everybody here chose Aya. I actually did not. <laughs> I didn't either. Actually. Uh, I, I, I did choose, choose uh, Aya Bray. Yeah. yeah. That's an impressive selection. Yeah. Very strong. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There. Uh, so Aya over, won overwhelmingly with uh, 69.3%. Then we had uh, Regina from Dino Crisis at 16% and Lara Croft from Tomb Raider at 14.7. And for this, uh, not that it has to deal with anything, but I'm a huge, huge, I mean, I'm a big Resident Evil fan to begin with, but Resident Evil obviously wasn't an option. And for this list, Tomb Raider is one of my favorite series ever. So I picked Lara Croft. But if if I was able to do a write-in, it would have been Zoe from Left 4 Dead. it's a good choice too (laughs) uh how about you disposed who did you pick yeah i actually picked regina um because if you've ever played dino crisis those raptors are way harder than the zombies in resident evil so i was like (laughs) if she can take those raptors then she'll have no problem with the zombies absolutely yeah they've they've all fought dinosaurs so 
Yeah. That's yeah, true. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't make that connection until I, until uh, I saw you comment on that. And I was like, oh, was that intentional? <laughs> Um, so then kind of, kind of moving into some of the more of uh, the design elements of the game, just how it's presented. Wanted to talk about that a little bit. So of course, uh, this is, uh, uh, in the prime of the transition to 3d graphics, uh, RPGs, I think did things pretty interesting. Squaresoft is very well known for, uh, on the PlayStation one, doing a lot of, uh, pre-rendered backgrounds with 3d models. Um, so uh, what did you all think of how, what the game looks like, uh, compared to, uh, other games at the time, how it holds up today? Uh, just, you know, what are your thoughts? Just reminded me how much I love pre-rendered backgrounds, to be honest. I, I, I I love these things. Um, it was a little dark. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. Um, and the 3d models, like the, the NPCs and Aya herself, they, they didn't really, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look great. Um, but I've seen some high-res recreations with Unreal 4, and it just it sparks your imagination on, on what they could do still with, with that sort of pre-rendered background stuff. And, um, you know, I do kind of wish that they implemented the toggle feature that Final Fantasy VII had, where you could press, like, the select button, and you would have, like, a little finger above your head and, like, little arrows of all the doors and interaction yeah. points. Genius addition for, for original Final Fantasy Yeah, VII. yeah. So I just thought, well, because oftentimes I, I just, I didn't know where to go. And, and like you said, dispose on that roof of um, of the hospital, like there there's nothing telling you to go down and to the left onto the little painter's lift. That, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, af- after I played that part, uh, this time, at first, I was like, I was trying to jump down the hole, run back to the, st- the, the 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 stairs he came up with, and then I just started running around. And I'm pretty sure when I played that section originally, I I'm almost positive I died there a few times, which sucks because then you have to redo the boss fight because it takes you back to your last save point. Um, yeah one one thing I thought was also pretty. I, I mean. Such a minor thing, but I thought it was really cool. Is here's a game from 1998. They could have done they they could have not done this, but mirrors have reflection, like the actual reflection. You look in the mirror, you see exactly what you know is reflected reflected back. So many games didn't bother. Why did they decide to put that time and effort to make reflective mirrors in Parasite Eve? Which I thought was really cool, and it looked great. Point. I didn't even think about that, but um, yeah, I guess that room has a full wall of mirrors that uh, yeah that you see everything in. And it was, so when you open the the lockers, do you see the locker open in the reflection in Carnegie Hall? That that'd be really cool. That I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't think so because I, I think it's uh, the they're not like aligned. Oh, okay. But I know if you walk along the mirrors and turn around and yeah, whatnot, yeah, for sure. you see the exact reflection. Cool. Uh, how about you, Bohan? Any thoughts on the design? What do you think about it? Yeah, it definitely, to me, was reminiscent of 
some of the other games that I played around the time around that time, which would have been uh, Resident Evil Two, that sort of thing. So it kind of reminded me of that same kind of thing, pre-rendered backgrounds, that sort of thing. I definitely one of the main reasons that I would love to see a remake of Parasite Eve is that you know some of the some of the graphics you know could could do with a bit of upgrading it would be interesting to see what a parasite eve game would look like in modern times and i am not referring to the third birthday <laughs> but uh definitely a, a good parasite eve game uh it would be interesting to see what that would look like what would the monsters look like what would aya look like what would the mutations look like um on let's say playstation 4 or even PlayStation 5. So definitely, I think some of the graphics, unfortunately, didn't age well, but it's not enough for me to just kind of say, okay, I don't want to play this game again. I love the game. Definitely very nostalgic for me. Uh, But definitely, it would be interesting to see what the graphics would sort of look like um, in a remade version of of Parasite Eve. On the enemies, like, it's pretty graphic. You know, these mutations of like rat's face peeling back and a dog's head splitting open like i don't know man uh, <laughs> doing <laughs> yeah, that it's now it's, it's kind of like yeah i don't know a different time yeah i, I that, that was one thing i wish there was more of and i understand why there wasn't um i'm, I'm sure the, doing those cutscenes was very time consuming and very costly back then but there needed to be a lot more of that because we only got uh was it two no, three three transformations, right? The the rat, the the dog, and the T Rex, and then some of the like uh, the goo or whatever the, the the people goo. I had a bunch of scenes of those, but could have used more transformations. Uh, what what do you think, Dispose? Oh yeah, I really like the design of the game. I I mean I grew up with these um, PS1 era Final Fantasies and Resident Evils and you know I mean I still love going back and playing these games now and I just feel right at home with the pre-rendered backgrounds and with the 3D character models and um, you know I really like the uh, CG uh, animations and um, maybe it's just nostalgia I don't know but I can I can definitely see how um, somebody in the context of 2020 might say it, it doesn't age well but for me I, I, I still think it looks great I, I really like it so a couple notes that I made, uh, just random things. So there's some fun little Easter eggs throughout the game. A couple nods to Final Fantasy. The uh, uh, American Museum of Natural History. Oh, so actually, so back up. Actually, the, the each location is a place where we can run around, but to get to and from locations, uh, the game has, again, kind of a, a unique map system, which is basically just like an area select Um but I thought that was kind of neat uh, for an RPG. You know, a lot of times it did the open world where you just, you know, a little small character wandering to the next location. Well, this one, there's like, ah, we'll just put you in the next location. Early in the game, there's a lot of um, story transition as they, like, drove back and forth in the police car. thought that was pretty neat. And then also in the um, History Museum, there's actually a dinosaur display that was, didn't exactly look like Chocobos, but it was Chocobos. <laughs> on that overworld screen if you if i think if you press the select button it actually like follows the helicopter that's going around manhattan yeah just you know something they absolutely did not need that's to really cool. include into the game but here's the thing where you, and and 
that was actually pretty neat, I thought, especially considering the time for them to put that where, you know, they have a, a follow cam on this little helicopter flying around the city. Pretty cool. Okay, uh, so we, we already kind of covered the story. I had another note here uh, about uh, post-game. So there is kind of like, quote-unquote, post-game content um, for Parasite Eve. And this is, again, back in a time when that was still kind of a new thing. Uh, I believe Chrono Trigger was actually the first game that had like a New Game Plus mode, if I remember correctly. And uh, Parasite Eve has something like that. It's called EX Mode. Um, so I, th- I believe we all... Do we all try EX Mode this time? Or, uh, Bohan, did you You said you... Did you finish the game? So, unfortunately, not this time. Um, I wound up going burning through, like, my Med 4s and my Revives. So, um, I my, my plan is to replay the game. And, uh, you know, make sure that I do the weapon upgrades that you kind of plan out the weapon upgrades that I really want to do. So that way I can ensure that I have some metaphors and that sort of thing, especially for the ultimate being on day six. Hmm. Um, and then ultimately I, I haven't tried the Chrysler building yet, but I definitely, that that's on my to-do list. I definitely want to, I, I would, I would like to sort of tackle it. Um, I know that there are, 77 floors it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a journey and i if i understood correctly i know that the floors with the exception of the boss floors i think it's every 10th floor i think they're randomly generated i believe so mm-hmm. um you know it, it 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 will take you know sort of patience that sort of thing maybe actually having like a notebook next to me to draw out a map so i'm not you know sort of running around in circles because um i know that in the chrysler building you do get some really interesting items weapons that sort of thing so my goal my to-do uh list definitely is not only to tackle the chrysler building to get the ending that you can get at the end of uh, that game at the end of the Chrysler building, but also uh, trying to get all the items in there just to see, you know, how much, how many more abilities I can add to my weapons that may not even be present in any of the weapons in the regular games. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to kind of tackling that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, EX mode is basically, it's a second playthrough where it resets your character level. You play through all the story again, but you get to keep your gun and your armor with all of its upgrades. So it gives you kind of a, a a a leg up, as it were. You still have to re-level and everything, get back like all your Parasite Eve powers. But yeah, as Bohan mentioned, there's uh, the Chrysler building. That's kind of the 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 big thing with um, EX mode and uh, disposed. I, I know you decided to give it a shot, and mm-hmm. you gave it a shot. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh... I did the first 10 floors, um, and I think after every 10th floor, you get uh, an elevator key that will let you, um, if you want to leave, you can just come right back to, say, the 10th or the 20th or, you know, whatever floor. Um, So, yeah, I did the first 10 floors, and uh, I think it took me close to an hour, and, you know, I just, I don't think it's a very interesting uh, environment. It's, uh, everything looks the same, and it's kind of maze-like and uh, very repetitive, and I just... I was like, I, I don't know if this is worth it. So uh, I ended up backing out. But uh, yeah, I was um, 
I'll have to YouTube like the extra stuff mm-hmm. sometime and see what actually happens there. But uh, um, yeah, I, I don't think um, there's any added story to EX mode itself. You have to complete the Chrysler building because I didn't notice anything. I, I did complete EX mode, but I, um, but like I said, didn't do the Chrysler building. I didn't see anything new from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Dean, you, you did complete the Chrysler building this time. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, this was my first time uh, trying and, and beating the Chrysler building. That that P90 gun made it fairly straightforward, but I, I don't know if I'd recommend anybody doing it, to be honest. It, it, it's it's just such a sarcastic number of floors, and it, it's all the same. Um, I had a guide, yeah. and I, I can't imagine doing it without a guide, but it was literally run up a screen. Okay, the only option is up again, so I'd move up again t-intersection okay so i look at my map and say which one of these maps has t-intersections and it's not like six seven maps it's, it's like dozens and dozens of different permutations of, a lot yeah so i'm looking okay well here are all the t-intersection maps well I'll take a left oh there's a dead end here are all the t-intersection maps with a dead end and you just sort of like trial and error and narrow it down like that and eventually you get to the next one you do it 77 times so it's it's just like I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I um, originally when I played Parasite Eve back in '98, I'd beaten the game. I tried to do the Chrysler building. I, I'm not sure how I heard about it. Might have been a gaming magazine. Might have been a friend told me about it. So didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And I eventually I just couldn't proceed any further. I think I want to say. Uh, it's like level like 50 or something. There's, um, a cockroach boss. And I think that's where I got stuck. Cause I almost, I felt like I almost got stuck again. And basically this boss fight is this giant cockroach. And after a little bit of time, eventually it like spits out a larva. And then that larva becomes another cockroach. And basically it's the same boss, same hit points. So it keeps, if you don't kill it fast enough, it just keeps like spawning a new boss. Um, this time I knew a little bit more of what I was getting into. I had my gun, uh, you know, souped up the best I could, especially after going through pretty much almost finishing EX mode, uh, as far as you can before it's the, the, the point of no return. And I was like, okay, I'll use a map. Cause I know it was a slog last time. I ended up just giving up on the maps because I felt I was taking more time trying to determine which map I was on than it would if I was just actually just wandering around the floors. And as Disposed said, it it, it it's a test of patience, that's for sure. It, it, it took me like somewhere between like an hour to an hour and a half per 10 floors. You can't save uh, until you beat the boss on the, each 10th, you know, 10th, 20th, 30th floor, which then you can exit the building with the key, use an elevator, save, and then go back in. Um, I finished it. I'm very happy that I did because any time I thought about Parasite Eve over these last 20 years, that's like always been a thing. It's like, oh, I couldn't beat the Chrysler building. I want to beat the Chrysler building. I hear this, this alternate ending, some extra information that could be cool. I never looked it up and I did it. It took me <laughs> a long time for a person who has, uh, uh, you know, a, a short attention span where video games is usually the answer to that and keep me focused. 
Chrysler building is, it's a test of patience because as everybody said, it's very samey. It's just a maze. Um, uh, some of the bosses, I guess are, they throw some new bosses at, at you, like in the later levels. And then the, um, the final encounter is, is a different boss fight. And I actually got stuck on it for a whole night, tried it multiple times, couldn't beat it. Ended up having like switch up guns to use a different gun. And the, the ending that it provided, like it, it it's, it, it's an interesting little thing, but I don't really feel like I would recommend other people. They're like, if somebody knew, Hey, it's going to take me like 10 hours to get through this. Is it worth it? I would personally probably tell people, no, just look up the ending. Um, but like I said, I'm glad I did it just cause that was like a thing on my checklist to do again. Uh, maybe if you want to do it, emulate, and do that FPS limit thing and do it like four times speed. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's a tough one. Yeah. Any other, any other thoughts on EX mode or the Chrysler building? Uh, the EX mode for the second time disposed, does it, does it still let you choose like a different gun or is it just the same thing? So you mean like when when you get to like name uh, your Wayne will name engrave, your weapon in yeah, um, yeah. I think you can engrave a new uh, set, but I I don't know if that if they both carry over. I didn't try a, mm-hmm. another uh, new game plus to see, but you can actually engrave another set of weapons. Okay. I think. What uh, what did y'all name your gun? I'm curious. R2G machine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I just named it Aya because he said engrave your name on it. So I was like, okay, Aya. So. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I did the same thing on mine. <laughs> mine is also <laughs> nice. named Aya. <laughs> that's so funny. Perfect. I, just, I was like, yeah, what's a cool shotgun name? I was like, oh, I'll go with the boomstick, which I can't do all the letters. <laughs> it was one letter too many. So I just did boomstick with a not CK with just a K. Boomstick. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so we have another poll uh, from the Cartridge Club NA Twitter account. Uh, Is Parasite Eve best played around Halloween or around Christmas? Uh, We had 42 votes on that one, and Christmas won at 54.8%, with Halloween at 45.2%. So what do you all think about that? How would you vote, if, if you're willing to share I was a Halloween guy. I thought it's a great Halloween <laughs> game, but I, I can see both arguments. Yeah, it, it takes place around Christmas, starts on Christmas Eve, um, but doesn't really feel like necessarily Christmassy. But I think this kind of gets to like sort of like the Die Hard debate: is Die Hard a Christmas movie because it <laughs> takes place on Christmas? Um, so I, I, I believe I voted. Halloween, just because it's like, oh, it's a horror game that I think it feels more. When I think about Parasite Eve, I feel more horror than Christmas. Uh, I mean, when I think of Die Hard, I think more action movie explosions than I do Christmas. Yeah, I definitely kind of fell more towards Christmas just because, uh, you know, you look at the 
you know, if you look closely at like the decorations on Carnegie Hall when the when the game first starts, that sort of thing, like you, you could you kind of see Christmas decorations kind of here and there. There's even a scene of it, it zooms in in the in the intro to like a Christmas ornament, and it says I think it says Christmas 1997 something like that. So just kind of like thinking about thinking about like the various sort of the, the little details in uh in the settings and that sort of thing it that that's what kind of tipped the scales for me towards it feeling a little bit more like a christmas game mm-hmm. for me uh yeah i went halloween uh it's um it's funny how it, this game actually takes place around christmas but uh we're, we're still kind of some some of us considering it a halloween <laughs> game just <laughs> because it seems like anything with a general horror theme gets kind of lumped in uh as appropriate for halloween time but uh yeah the, the game begins on christmas eve and then day two is christmas day and then i guess the rest of the game is after christmas actually so but um i guess it can work for either um i guess you know we can always just play it again uh, in, de- in december sure yeah <laughs> yeah Uh, cool. So then, um, kind of covered character, story, design. Uh, but as uh, Bohan mentioned, this game has some fantastic music, so I wanted to touch on uh, our thoughts on the music. Uh, Parasite Eve was composed by Yoko Shinomura, and she has quite the uh, legacy of game soundtracks. Street Fighter Two, Super Mario RPG, Kingdom Hearts, and the whole whole slew of others so what was everybody's thoughts on the soundtrack it's amazing this was one of the first i'm sorry this is one of the first games that i remember asking myself back in 1998 i said how do i get access to the soundtrack because i absolutely love it right from the music uh i think the name of the song is primalize the song that plays right before you actually start the game uh plays the intro kind of you know various scenes from the game uh right from there kind of this just interesting mix of this you know opera singing with uh you know piano and that sort of and and that sort of thing and i think yoko shimomura did a great job of really really setting the tone in the scenes you know kind of for instance when aya has these thoughts about you know am i a monster that sort of thing really kind of you know, having an emotional piano piece that plays while I is sort of reflecting on what's happened. What does this mean in terms of who she is? I think, hands down, one of my other favorite tracks, besides the track that plays in the intro, has to be, and I think it does help to set sort of how, how impactful this scene is that I'm about to mention. In day two in Central Park, right when you get to the amphitheater, where Eve is having her concert on Christmas Day on day two. She, and as we all know, she then turns the people who are in the audience into slime. The song that plays there, to me, I think it really just drove the point home of just sort of how terrible uh the things that are happening there are in terms of the people are quite literally being turned into slime that sort of thing and they just kind of form this 
this mask that's ultimately whose ultimate purpose is to just form this protective barrier so that the ultimate being can uh, can be born. So that the music, the song that plays there, I think it's called Kiri. Uh, it's just got this mixture of Eve singing again with this like church organ that's playing, and I think it just really, really matches kind of the imagery. Uh, of that scene and just really helps to sort of solidify the tone that's being set there. I, I think it's one of uh, many great examples of just how amazing this soundtrack is and how it really just sort of is yet another sort of element to, uh, towards making Parasite just a, a, a classic game. Uh, how about you, Disposed? I know you got a little, uh, did a little bit more with this. Yeah, I, I did, uh, did a little cover of uh, Primal Eyes. Um... Uh, it's on youtube uh nice. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i love the music from this game i uh i'm a big fan of yoko shimimura's work and uh i think the music in this game is so unique compared to other video games and even compared to shimimura's other uh, works um i feel like you can just if you hear something from this game you can just you just identify it with parasite eve it just doesn't really sound like anything else and it's so effective um you know there's the, the upbeat tracks for the fights and the uh, you know the very ominous sounding tracks for some of the cutscenes and it all just works so well and it's I, I think it's a great soundtrack it's uh I would probably rank this as one of my favorite all time favorite video game soundtracks very nice how about you Dean I'd agree this this soundtrack is is awesome I think like when did Napster come out like ninety eight ninety nine <laughs> this was the first song I downloaded on Napster was it was Primal Eyes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like I, I was obsessed with that song, and and you're being pretty modest, I suppose. That's an awesome cover that you did on uh, on YouTube. Oh, all thank you. Guys, you should you should go check it out. Um, but yeah, all all the all this music, like it, like you said, Bohan, it's it's so atmospheric. It, it just fits the scene so well, and for being a cinematic RPG, I think that's that's really important. The, the music behind it, I really liked um, the the zoo theme, like missing perspective. urban noise which is the uh like new york over city map just those like ps1 synth vibes like kind of fun repetitive uh, i thought those were good and then anything with piano but back in august there was a, a new song that came out from a band called bring me the horizon it's called parasite eve and people are obsessed with it and i could not like filter that out so when i was looking like for parasite eve music anywhere on twitter or youtube or anything it was always this damn song so i've heard that song like 300 times this month it's it's nuts uh, it has nothing to do with the game but it's just it's called parasite eve and it's just been like clogging my my playlists so i'm tired of it interesting <laughs> you're right i was actually um randomly looking up i think i was trying to look up um posts on instagram for uh, parasite eve and apparently there's some uh i didn't really look into it but it's either like uh an instagram personality or it might be uh somebody in a in a band i don't think it was related to bring me bring bring the horizon or what was the name of the band so bring me the horizon bring me the horizon yeah um but yeah there's a person going by the name of parasite eve and i was like i don't want to see pictures of this guy i want to see 
Parasite Eve stuff. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's obviously, uh, th- this Instagram personality is, uh, talked a lot, uh, a lot more on, on Instagram than this, uh, game from 22 years ago, which is unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I pretty much agree with what all you said, uh, about the soundtrack. I think it's, uh, another unique element. It, it does, it sounds very different from a, a lot of other games at the time. And the, uh, track that Bohan mentioned, I, I really, really enjoy that one. The, the organ playing is, it's always that and like horror elements, I think always work so well together. Um, and then just the, 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 the police station theme. Super chill. Uh, really just kind of, it seems very like 90s RPG police station. Like the song fits so well. I, I, I love it. Fantastic. So then, uh, I, I guess before we move on to some more community um, stuff, any other additional thoughts uh, on Parasite Eve that you had that you didn't get a chance to mention? Random things you liked, disliked? What else is on your mind? I, I just think people might get turned off by the 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 idea that this is a an RPG, and maybe just stress that. You know, some RPG elements are in this, but it's it's a completely digestible, manageable game to go through without grinding for dozens of hours. Like you, you can turn this game around in eight to ten hours pretty easily. Um, and there's there's enough quote unquote survival horror elements to uh, keep you entertained if you're a fan of that genre as well. So don't get scared away by the fact that it's a a square soft late '90s RPG because it. It um, it definitely dives into other genres that uh, that you might actually like. Yeah, and uh, kind of going back to the the survival horror, um, like the thing that always kind of comes to mind is like Resident Evil meets JRPG, um, which you know it, it doesn't describe the game very well uh, and kind of takes away from what it does uniquely. But in that regard, one th- the 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 number one complaint that people typically have about especially the original Resident Evil games is the tank controls and here's a uh, a survival horror game with no tank controls and it controls very very well except if you're trying to get through doorways then it can be a little clunky sometimes <laughs> disposed any other uh thoughts overall thoughts on the game um i mean i I just say I I love this game. I think it's uh, just a really unique game that uh, kind of does go off what Dean said. I mean, I think it's actually a lot more accessible than what a lot of people would initially think being a um, sort of a generally considered a combination of survival horror and a JRPG, um, which depending on your preferences, those I think those tags could sort of scare some people off. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It's uh, pretty easy to get into. It's not a long game. Uh, I, I just I think it's really good. I think a lot of people should check it out. Perfect. How about you, Bohan? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that's been said. And I happen to be one of those people that probably, especially when I was younger, would have been scared off with uh, the concept of an RPG, uh, you know, especially kind of just sort of knowing about, you know, like the Final Fantasy games, that sort of thing. And yet... I played this game. This was the first RPG game I had ever played, and uh, I loved it. 
And what is what I find to be good about the game is something that I would also like changed about the game, if that makes sense, which is the length. It is mm. short enough that it it will not be daunting, uh, especially when you compare it to other RPGs that you can easily sink, you know, 30 or 40 hours into. Um, but definitely that's one of the things that I kind of wished was longer you know because I, I simply because i want more content in parasite eve because it's just such an interesting premise such an interesting blend of game elements uh such an interesting story that sort of thing interesting visuals so i just wanted more of that um i do i do also actually actually want to mention something interesting that i had heard uh, a little after parasite eve came out there was this article that came out I believe it was on IGN where Madonna, pop singer Madonna, um, actually apparently acquired the rights to making a Parasite Eve movie. Not to be confused with the Parasite Eve movie that came out in Japan, but a new Parasite Eve movie. Uh, Square called IGN and said, uh, no, she does not have the rights, but IGN is saying, no, we have a pretty reputable source. I believe it was a news site. I'm not even sure if this news site exists <laughs> anymore. Coming attractions, uh, that w- were adamant. They reported that Madonna purchased the movie rights for Parasite Eve. Uh, as far as I know, I don't think anything came of that because I didn't hear of any Parasite Eve movie, but I, I remember hearing that around 1999 and finding that just so intriguing, so interesting, but, uh, I guess we'll see if anything ever comes of it, even all these years later. But I just found that to be kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Among, among all the people in the world, Madonna getting the rights to a Parasite Eve movie was pretty interesting. Yeah, to hear. yeah, definitely. Uh, and again, I think you've all summed it up pretty well. Um, I think Parasite Eve is definitely a game that people should give a chance, uh, especially straddling different genres, the survival horror, the RPG. It doesn't fully uh, jump into either genre. It pulls different elements. Uh, I think it's very accessible. I really appreciate the fact for, uh, again, kind of going back to when this game was made, the things that it did, uh, the setting was unique. Uh, You know, uh, there's a lot of modern day games now, but back then... It wasn't entirely common, especially uh, kind of like a serious approach um, in the real world, I thought was interesting. Um, and then, uh, uh, again, maybe maybe it's less less of a, a thing of note these days, but even having um, like a, a female-focused lead uh, to this extent, unlike our unnamed lead like, you know, Samus, like, eh, it was kind of a side note almost uh, for those games but here we got a full-fledged game focused not in a franchise technically um that had a female lead and it was a great character and wasn't uh you know uh like i said i'm a big fan of the tomb raider games but obviously there's uh some some elements that maybe drew people to tomb raider at the time where this was not using uh like selling sex to get uh, people interested in the game where I don't, I don't necessarily think Tomb Raider did. I think it's more the advertising for those games, but you know, I think you get my point. And we got another poll here. Um, final poll that we had for uh, Parasite Eve. And again, uh, if you want to get involved with polls in future months, Cartridge Club NA on Twitter. And this poll was what 
which is your favorite Parasite Eve game and why? So I don't have the whys, but we got the the uh, results here anyways. So out of 61 uh, votes, overwhelmingly, 54.1% um, of people have not played Parasite Eve, and that's too bad. But for people answering the poll, uh, the second uh, was Parasite Eve 1 at 36.1%. Uh, then Parasite Eve 2, only 6.6%, and Third Birthday, 3.3%. Obviously, I'd played Parasite Eve in the past, uh, but I have not played Parasite Eve 2 or Third Birthday. I do have Parasite Eve 2. It's in my backlog. I was kind of waiting for a time that I was going to replay Parasite Eve 1 before, I re before jumping into Parasite Eve 2. So I hope to play Parasite Eve 2 sometime soon. I got some games I need to play first, but... I would like to do that, and I've heard lots of uh, mostly negative things about Third Birthday, but I still would like to check that out myself. Uh, so curious uh, for all of you. Uh, it sounds like, Bohan, you've played the whole series. So I've only played Parasite Eve 1 to completion, and I played a little bit of Parasite Eve 2. I actually have not played Third Birthday, mm. um, but uh, like you, I I've heard mostly negative reviews about the third birthday and i actually kind of saw an in-depth uh review on youtube not too long ago um so yeah in terms of sort of my thoughts on the sequels like i said i only played a tiny bit of parasite eve 2 but from what i and that was years ago but from what i heard parasite eve 2 interestingly is actually a lot of people say that it's it, it much more closely resembles a resident evil game than the original Parasite Eve, uh, which I thought was interesting. And what's ironic to me is that what I remember my impression being when I played a bit of it a few years back is that the irony is as big of a fan as I am of the Resident Evil series, and I'm a very big fan of it, I, did, I actually did not like that Parasite Eve 2 was kind of veering more towards the Resident Evil direction because what I found so amazing about the original Parasite Eve 1, uh, what, what the original Parasite Eve was just that it was its own thing, and which was to me pretty remarkable considering it did come out in 1998, the same year as Resident Evil 2, but it was its own thing. It had the horror elements, it had, it was an RPG, but it was, it was its own experience, and uh, so the irony for me of Parasite Eve 2 kind of more closely resembling a series that I love and me not liking it as much is definitely there. I just kind of wanted it to sort of continue with the identity that I think it set up pretty well with the original Parasite Eve. Excellent. Dean, have you played any of the, the other games in the series? Yeah, I uh, I went to visit my grandparents who lived in Arizona uh, when I was much younger, maybe 1999, 2000, and uh, I I bought um, Parasite Eve 2 on a whim at, at a, a store down there, and uh, my cousin actually had a, a, a PS1, so um, was able to, to play that while I was supposed to be visiting my grandpa. Uh, so I, I had a lot of experience with that one growing up as well, but I've never played Third Birthday, so I would like to. How about you disposed? Uh, yeah, I uh, definitely voted for Parasite Eve 1 in the poll. And um, I left a comment and it actually, um, Bohan actually uh, said a lot of what I said in the comment. So I, that made me want to pull it up. I'm just going to read it here. And 
uh, or the first is my favorite by far. Despite being a big survival horror fan, I was kind of disappointed that the sequel was a more straightforward Resident Evil style game and sacrificed a lot of what made the original so unique and interesting. And then I wrote, uh, I never played Third Birthday. But yeah, I played Resident Evil 2. Um, it's been a long time ago. I might have still been in high school or early college. But um, yeah, like I said, I was kind of disappointed that it was you know, more Resident Evil style game, even though I am a big fan of that. But um, so I don't have a very positive opinion of that game. But um, I was actually watching some gameplay video of it recently. And um, as I was watching it, I it did look like it retains a little bit of sort of the RPG elements and like a, the magic or ability system. And uh, it really made me want to check it out again. I think I would like it more now, um, kind of knowing what to expect and having, uh, you know, the right expectations for it. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Based on my past experience, I'm not a huge fan of it, but mm. I want to I want to give it a replay sometime. Cool, cool. Uh, and then actually, I found uh, a, a, a quote anecdote that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, there is an interview uh, with IGN with uh, Yoshinori Kitase, uh, the director of the original Final Fantasy VII and producer of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and he thinks, uh, quote, it would be a waste uh, to not use the game's character again in some form. And what I thought was kind of interesting about that was Katase was also the producer for Third Birthday. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, it's interesting. So, you know, here here's the person uh, the the Final Fantasy remake so highly regarded. It might give him a little bit more power uh, to do projects that he's interested in in the future. And maybe, uh, maybe Parasite Eve will be one of them. Who knows? I don't know about the third birthday part, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, let's uh, talk about some community impressions here. Of course, the Cartridge Club is uh, all about community and, you know, everybody participating so for this month, this time we're doing the three word, uh, or describe Parasite Eve in three words. We're going to take turns here reading over some uh, community impressions. So I will start this off. Uh, RPG Tour Guide says, chilling transformative scenes. And then I also want to shout out uh, RPG Tour Guide has been doing an amazing job retweeting and is working on his own Let's Tour of the game. Then RF Gen Playcast said, Aya don't understand. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Daniel Greenberg from Winter Ion uh, Twisted AF. I'm assuming that was shortened. I'm assuming everybody knows what AF means. Um, Mauser from Winter Ion says the cell's powerhouse. <laughs> then we got uh, Morseus from Winter Ion. What the shit? <laughs> <laughs> And then Bossom Burf says, my RPG introduction. Nice. Uh, we have some more here. So Kat Bauman said here, never attend operas. Kat has been creating some amazing fan art of the game each and every day for Inktober. Super talented. Canadian Retro said, absolutely freaking brilliant. SCP, yeah, SCPH7503 says, Goopy Existential Crisis. <laughs> Izu Nundara says, Mitochondria, Mitochondria, Mitochondria. 
All right. Return of the Living Spoodle said cerebral survival horror. And manga historian said godly, beautiful masterpiece. All right. We have RHL Pixel says Aya kicks ass. She does. And yeah. She does. Agreed. Then we have a. Uh, <laughs> Then we have 2P Project says Mitochondria Takeover Manhattan. And 2P Project has been streaming his playthrough all month, so that's cool. Nice. Um, we have Nintendo Hodge says save your game. <laughs> that's very important. <laughs> uh, we have Self Destructo, uh, Warming Holiday Tale. Sure, yeah. And then we have, uh, <laughs> we have Stuart, aka Red McKnight, says Super Omega Freaky. And uh, Red McKnight just joined the Cartridge Club Discord, so everybody be sure to go over and give him a warm welcome. Then we have uh, Zach Parkerson from the GoCast. It says, somehow strangely educational. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> <laughs> might, might, might be some failed biology grades. <laughs> we got some more here. We have Boomer Pixels saying, needs a remaster. We have yes. <laughs> George Haverdink saying, I want a remake. And Carlos Rupert saying, needs a remaster. So... A lot of uh, fans of seeing this come come back. Uh, and then these next few are from the, the Cartridge Club community page over on Facebook. So we have Chris Sanderson saying, Mutant Maniac Guns. Rob Pothar saying, Creepy Baby Nightmares. Derek Ward <laughs> saying, Deserves M Rating. And Travis Goss saying, I Miss It. Ooh, and look, a, a late entry coming in from Twitter from a user called Madonna said movie is coming <laughs> you're kidding <laughs> that's so funny nice <laughs> that's great <laughs> excellent excellent so thanks uh for all those uh community impressions that is going to do it for this episode of the cartridge club game of the month podcast the game of the month for season eight Episode 3 in November 2020 is Banjo-Kazooie, which is available via Nintendo 64, Xbox 360 Replay, and Xbox Game Pass for PC. Uh, Then for December will be Life is Strange. Uh, Additionally, uh, there is the sister podcast, the PC-focused Quick Save Club, who will be covering Torchlight 2 as their Game of the Month for October and November. Uh, and again, if you would like to get involved with the club, I'd encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cartridge Club NA. You can also visit our Discord, which has a lot of discussions this month for Parasite Eve. There's also the Cartridge Club forums at cartridgeclub.org and the community uh, Facebook or the the Facebook community and group pages. Uh, for those of you interested in supporting the club beyond a review of the Uh, on the podcast app of your choice i'd like to mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community we are extremely grateful to those supporters and if you're interested in becoming one of them please look into how you can do that at patreon.com slash cartridge club so as we're closing things out here i would like to give everybody a chance to shout out how people can get a hold of you how they can follow you if you have uh, youtube or if you do uh, twitch or live streaming Feel free to mention those. So uh, let's just go down the list here. Bohan, you want to let people know how they can follow you and what what you got going on online? Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for having me uh, for this discussion of Parasite Eve. Uh, so if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm at BohanGirl84. Uh, that's 8-4. Uh, the number's at the end there. I also stream 
every week on uh Trovo, which is a relatively new site. So I can be you can catch my streams. I stream games like this, Parasite Eve and whatnot, but Resident Evil. So I'm at Trovo.live slash bohangirl84. Uh, how about you, Disposed Hero? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at at the Disposed Hero, and uh, also recently created a YouTube channel where I'm uh, this Disposed Hero VGM. I'm just uh, doing covers of various video game music, and uh, still pretty early going, so I'm still kind of in the feeling out process. But that's been fun to do so far. But, uh, but yeah, this has been fun. Thanks for having me, guys. How about you, Dean? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at round underscore two underscore gaming and you can find me over in the cartridge club uh discord quite a bit as well but uh yeah like everybody said thanks so much for having me on as a guest this was a really fun fun game to talk about excellent and then uh if anybody wants to uh follow me check out what i do uh i am on youtube facebook twitter and instagram as the game grinder uh, if you just search that name, you will likely find me. And then also on my Game Grinder page, I co-host the uh, Game Tenants podcast. And then, uh, of course, thank you all for taking the time and joining me for this episode. And then to everyone listening, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for joining us. CC Unite. <laughs>